This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How are you? Bokertov, yes, we are holding up on the Israeli hope front um, and uh, people are remaining very, very determined indeed. It's quite incredible to witness the way that people have come together in support of this effort and the enormous tragedy the enormous tragedy that has befallen this country. Um, and as I said to you, um, immediately following the uh, terrorist incident that took place on Simchat Torah, um, I said Israel will never be the same again. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly evident that the Israel of before is very, very different from the Israel of after in every possible respect. And, um, you know, we will learn a lot more about how things change in Israel over the coming weeks and months. Um, but what I can tell you is that the country has definitely changed in, in one day. A massive change has overcome this country. And um, all I can say is that whatever the divisions were prior to this incident have simply just been set aside and people have come together in support of the effort. And it's really incredible and amazingly encouraging to see how the nation has pulled together in order to overcome this tragedy and, and the, the challenge that we have in front of us. Has there been a lot of word from the rabbinate, from uh, the rabbis of Israel? Because to me, this has a very, very um, almost biblical feel about it, where Jews were fighting amongst themselves over completely ridiculous things, really ripping each other apart. And all of a sudden, this tragedy that Israel has not seen uh, in all of its years befalls the country. And uh, just like that, everybody's united. Um, the rabbinate haven't really commented on that aspect of um, things. And um, what I will say to you is that from a political perspective, um, there's a tsunami out there and the tsunami is being held back right now. Um, we are not addressing political issues. We have this um, emergency cabinet that's been put together to deal with the war. And I think people have welcomed the fact that Benny Gantz has joined the cabinet and, and um, that we've brought at least that knowledge and uh, some semblance of unity in terms of running the mm, country. Mm. To say that the political echelon have been somewhat absent in all of this would be like an understatement of reality. Um, the Prime Minister has been on TV a few times and made a number of statements, but we don't really feel like he's leading from the front where this is concerned. Mm. And, and to be honest with you, we don't really care because we trust in the establishments of the state, we trust in the military, we trust in the army, and they are doing a great job. Clearly, there is a political aspect to this because, of course, there are uh, political decisions that need to be made, and the army, uh, the, the supreme commander of the army, 
in a sense, not in the same way as the United States, but here um, is the prime minister because he will be calling the shots and he will be directing the military effort as well. Um, but the prime minister is kind of a little invisible um, in all of what's going on right now. And um, we have the, I have the impression, my personal impression is that he is embarrassed about what went down on his watch and he doesn't want to exacerbate that situation. Um, but the people for now have set that issue aside. That is not an issue on the agenda right now to deal with the political ramifications of what we're experiencing. Time will come. That moment will come and that tsunami will be released on this country and the political issues will certainly it'll be ugly and they will air their, their, their head and and those will come out into the open and the political issues will be dealt with. But for now, we have a war to fight and we have an existence to take care of. We have people's lives at risk here. Um, so many of our friends and colleagues and members of our family are enlisted to the military right now. That's what we care about. That's what we're concerned about. And people are just showing it in an amazing, um, in amazing ways. Um, I saw a video of a, a military base um, towards the north of Israel where the local residents had come to the base with barbecue, um, bra nice. sets and tons of meat and they set it all up in the military base and they were making food for the soldiers. Um, they were barbecuing and they bought salad and they bought pizza and they bought food along, um, tons of food and they were just you know, what they called spoiling the soldiers mm. and giving mm. them a, a little bit of love and support. And that, I think, is really the message that we're feeling um, across the nation right now. The political tsunami will be released in due course, and uh, we will talk about that when it happens because there will be a lot to talk about. What is the latest that we understand in terms of a ground incursion? You know, we've been speaking about this for days, and uh, each day that it goes on, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it seems a little strange that Israel is wait, waiting this amount of time. Yeah, so it's not exactly clear what is holding things up. Um, I had speculated a couple of days ago about some of the aspects. Um, there's a lot of training going on, and quite interestingly, I was reading a story about the fact that um, Israel has modified its tanks with special coverings in order to prevent soldiers in those tanks from being injured by drones, that explosives that might be dropped by drones. And we understand that this is a lesson that's been learned from the Ukrainian war, where they've adapted the tanks and they put these sort of anti-drone cages on top of the tank in order to prevent the explosives from drones penetrating that tank somehow. And so this is a new era of drone warfare. A lot of what we saw that went down on that day of the terror attack, a lot of it was done by drones, just standard drones that you can buy in any shop um, for not a lot of money that everybody has access to. Those drones ultimately were used as a weapon of war, as a weapon of terror, um, as a weapon of attacking and hurting people. Um, and drones are incredibly uh, um, uh, sophisticated and versatile and dangerous when used in the wrong context. So um, we understand that there's been quite a lot of adaptation on Israel's uh, tank uh, tanks, which are all apparently, or not all, but many of which are assembled along 
both the southern border with Gaza and along the northern border with Lebanon. And these adaptations have been made in order to prevent drones from causing damage to the tanks and causing injury to the soldiers in those tanks. But beyond that, it's not exactly clear why things are being held up. We do know that there's been a lot of humanitarian work going on in order to try to clear the citizens of Gaza from the northern end of the Gaza Strip and to try to encourage them to move further south. My assumption is that because the IDF really wants to um, go in and um, clear out <clears throat> a lot more of the tunnels and things that are not visible to the to the eye um, above ground to really um, attack terror infrastructure in that northern part of the Gaza Strip, which is considered to be more of a threat because it's of course clearer to, uh, closer to central Israel. So there is some humanitarian aspect of it as well, but um, the true reason for the holdup of this ground invasion is not clear. And I suppose eventually, when it comes, um, we will know a little bit more about what the intentions are. But for now. Um, really no no clear answers to your question. Mm, mm. Uh, in terms of uh, what we're hearing from Gaza itself, uh, the the damage done to Hamas's infrastructure, communications, rockets, uh, are, are, we, uh, are we getting any big picture information? I know we get lots of, of mini updates, you know, uh, this amount, this was bombed, that was bombed. But uh, do we have a sense of how Hamas is looking today? Well, I think the, the, the answer to that, we, we don't have any reports from the idea from, from the government about what Hamas is looking like right now. But I think that um, we have to assess things with facts on the ground. And the facts on the ground are that, again, last night, there was a massive bombardment towards the central part of Israel from Gaza. Um, Tel Aviv, citizens in Tel Aviv were once again in their bomb shelters last night. And so there clearly remains a capability to attack central Israel from Gaza in spite of um, almost two weeks now of um, Israeli activity in order to destroy Hamas infrastructure. And the question is whether it is possible to completely destroy the infrastructure from the air or whether a ground invasion is required in order to really take care of these last remaining um, capabilities of attacking Israel. But we certainly are still seeing um, rocket attacks coming from Gaza towards central Israel. And that, while that continues to exist, is a clear concern. It's a clear indication that Hamas is operating in some way, shape or form, that they still have certain infrastructure, that they still have certain capabilities. And these are things that we would like to destroy right now, that we would like to deprive them of. Um, and but they still continue to have this capability and desire and just it just continues every single day, even though the number of rockets that have been fired has decreased substantially from the four and a half thousand that were fired on day one of the of the terror attack. We're now seeing perhaps some tens or dozens of rockets each day, not much more than that. But even so, every single rocket is a concern, and particularly those that are being fired towards the central part of Israel. So that, I think, is the clearest message that we're getting about where Hamas stands right now. They are still operating. They still have ability, and they are still using it to attack Israel. And until that stops, um, we cannot rest. Mm. In terms of Hezbollah, uh, that's certainly in the north 
is is looking more and more concerning. Very much so, very much so, because the Hezbollah infrastructure north of the Lebanese border um, is substantial, and Israel has hardly even started to attack any of that infrastructure. That is going to be a massive, massive job to take down Hezbollah infrastructure, and they've continued over the last day or two not only to fire anti-tank missiles um, over the Israeli border. And just a reminder, these anti-tank missiles are problematic for Israel because we don't really have a response like the Iron Dome to intercept these anti-tank missiles. They can be extremely damaging and can cause death and injury um, and damage to property. And so anti-tank missiles for us are certainly a problem, and Hezbollah know that, and they're using this um, weakness that we have in our defensive shield to attack our forces um, on the Israeli side of the border. And they are also continuing to attack the camera infrastructure, the lookout posts that we have in order to reduce our ability to watch them coming from the north side of the border um, from a distance. Um, But the infrastructure that Hezbollah has in Lebanon is substantial. We haven't even really seen the tip of the iceberg where that is concerned. Um, And there is a certain uh, very noticeable escalation in activities on the northern border, which continues to be a threat. And quite interestingly, uh, following the visit of President Biden to Israel yesterday, today we have the visit of British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, who will be here in Israel. He will spend two days in the region. And after I speculated yesterday that one of the reasons why these foreign leaders want to come here is to kind of try to um, concentrate the terror on Israel rather than to somehow have it in their local communities. The fact is that they can't avoid what's going on in their local communities right now. But I think that one of the main concerns and the reason why some of these uh, leaders are coming here is because there is a certain concern about a regional outbreak and linking Russia from Ukraine to the Middle East as being kind of a springboard because Russia is involved both in Ukraine and in the Middle East. And potentially we could have some sort of a linking of the two wars that are going on right now to create a much more regional war, even beyond a regional war, maybe even further afield than simply the region. And I think that that's one of the concerns that international leaders have, that this is going to be a, become a much wider spread issue. And there is a certain attempt to somehow limit the impact and to try to prevent the linkage that Russia brings Mm, between mm. Ukraine and Gaza. And uh, that is where we leave it. Thank you, Anthony Reich. Thank you, as always, uh, wishing you a fantastic weekend, a Shabbat Shalom, of course, a peaceful weekend, and we'll, of course, chat to you on Monday morning. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebluagency.com. Dot com.